0: Prophesied of a unique time on earth Israel would be returned to her land the church would turn to false doctrines Technology would increase and wickedness and immorality would run rampant the time spoken of so long ago has come Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week Let's see here we got uh, 9 February Sunday, time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And we got a couple of visitors that we haven't announced before. We've got uh, Rebecca, who's come all the way from Oregon, with a G-U-N instead of a G-O-N, Oregon, with her daughter, Genevieve. And uh, they've been staying here for five days now. they got about three more days to go, and it's real nice having you here. Are you enjoying yourself? Good. Sarasota is kind of a nice place, isn't it? Ah, There you go. And how about uh, Jim and Ejen just got here yesterday afternoon from Virginia. And uh, they're down here for just a couple days until Tuesday. And a beautiful day for it. It was a little cold this morning, but it's getting warm really quickly. And uh, uh, we hope you have a good time down here. We thank you for making the effort of coming all this way to join us. So Good to have you. And let's see here. We have um, next week... Instead of a regular prophecy update, we're going to have Usama Dakdok here. He's going to be uh, speaking, as he usually does, on Islam. He's one of the finest Islamic scholars in the world. Being a Christian, that gives him a uh, view that most Muslims will not give you, and he will uh, be instructing us on certain aspects of the uh, religion of Islam. So I hope you'll stick around for that. He is a wonderful speaker, and he always has something really interesting to hear. And let's see. Our first category, as always, is Israel. And we got from Mail Online. Uh, Some of these are about a week old, which were OBE because of uh, the uh, release of the peace plan. And uh, this one came a little bit more than a week ago. But uh, ISIS orders militants to begin conquering Israeli settlements and start targeting Jews al Karishi called on soldiers in Sinai in Syria to reconquer the West Bank. I don't think that's going to be happening, but he did call them to do it. He told them to take back the land and to use it for weapons experiments. Caliphate was trounced in 2018, but they still operate in Iraq, Syria, and Egypt. So there you go with that. And then from the Jerusalem Post, the IDF lays new infrastructure to detect sounds of Hezbollah's digging. You know, they had a big problem with that last year. They found tunnels coming all the way through, and they uh, first flooded the tunnels, and uh, it came out of people's houses, and so they knew exactly where the tunnels were initiated, but then they filled them up with concrete and So uh, they have now something to help detect these tunnels being dug up there. That's a year after the Operation Northern Shield destroyed six cross-border attack tunnels by Hezbollah. The IDF has begun deploying new sensors along the border with Lebanon, which are able to detect and identify any sounds of digging by the terrorist group. IDF spokesman Brigadier General Hidai Zilberman said that while there has been no new intelligence about new cross-border tunnels or excavations, the infrastructure will collect both acoustic and seismic data that will be used as preventative measures, alerting the military to any new sound of tunnel excavations. The engineering project will last several months. Zilberman said the project will continue over the coming year along the entire border based on intelligence, budget, and situational needs. While the infrastructure will be laid within Israel's borders with the sounds of the IDF operation expected to be heard on both the Israeli and Lebanese side. The military wants to prevent a miscalculation on both sides. There will be no troop reinforcements as part of the project both the UN peacekeeping force in Lebanon and regional authorities have been informed of the project. So we'll see where that goes. But uh, they're doing this. They're protecting their own land. But at the same time, they don't want to start any uh, trouble by having additional forces there. But if they start hearing tunnel digging, I'm sure they'll get some people right up there to take care of that problem. And then from the BISA Center, this is about a week and a half old, but it's a really interesting article on what we've been talking about and it kind of lays things out uh, as far as what's going on between Israel and Turkey and even Libya at this point. It's uh, the Leviathan natural gas field could be a game changer for Israel-EU relations. Europe is currently dependent on Russia natural gas, a reliable and price competitive natural gas alternative in the Mediterranean could diminish Moscow's ability to use energy supplies as a political weapon against Europe. Leviathan, the largest natural gas field ever discovered, is located in the Mediterranean Sea off the coast of Israel. It is deep in the Levantine Basin, an area rich in hydrocarbons. The field is roughly 130 kilometers west of Haifa and 1,500 meters deep. Leviathan is estimated to hold over 21 trillion cubic feet of natural gas, enough to fill Israeli power generation needs for the next 40 years while still leaving ample supply for export. Leviathan could prove to be a game changer for Israel's relations with the EU. Israel's proven gas reserves are estimated at some 455 billion cubic meters, while the eastern Mediterranean has about 2,100 billion cubic meters of gas in total the European Union's consumption of gas in 2017 was 410 billion cubic meters, meaning Israel's reserves are enough to supply the European Union. You can see how Gog Magog may be uh, put into place simply because of what they're talking about here. Israel's gas production is anticipated to exceed demand by 80 percent in 2020 thanks to production from Leviathan 1a. This will enable Israel to become a gas exporter in the eastern Mediterranean. The Karish field, which has recoverable reserves of 1.7 trillion cubic feet, is also under development and is expected to start supplying the domestic market in 2021. Israeli natural gas offers the EU a rare opportunity to loosen Russia's energy chokehold on parts of Europe. Moscow wields access to energy supplies as a political weapon. The Levantine Basin offers the EU an alternative, a reliable and price competitive source of liquefied natural gas. In January 2019, Israel, Egypt, and Cyprus announced the creation of the Eastern Med Gas Forum, which aims to build a 1,200-mile pipeline connecting the abundant hydrocarbon reserves of the Levantine Basin with Europe via Cyprus and Crete. The EC has contributed nearly $39 million to the project, which is forecast to be completed in only seven years. The transformation of the Eastern Med into an energy hub could have major global geopolitical implications, After a meeting in Tel Aviv with the energy ministers of Israel, Cyprus, Greece, and Italy, Europe Climate and Energy Commissioner Miguel Canete said the pipeline would help the EU limit its reliance on the Nord Stream pipeline, which comes from Russia. The development concerns Moscow, of course, because the Russian economy is heavily dependent on the export of natural reserves, such as oil and natural gas. Russia holds 54% of the world's total reserves of gas, 46% 46% of its coal, 14% of its uranium, and 13% of its oil. It provides 37% of Europe's gas supplies via its oil and gas giant Gazprom. Europe's energy dependence has paid off handsomely for Russia. Russia's contract to use Ukrainian pipelines to ship natural gas to Europe expired on December 31st of 2019. The last time the contract was up for negotiation, Russia stopped gas shipments for 13 days in the dead of winter. You can see how Europe probably didn't like that very much. The result was freezing temperatures and homes from Sofia all the way to Rome. If no contract is reached and Ukraine ceases to be a transit state, Europe may not immediately suffer a shortage, but prices will spike. They do not want to be hamstrung by Russia any longer. So, what we have now is Leviathan has made this agreement, as we've talked about in other updates, to go up through Cyprus and then into Europe. But Turkey right now is made an alliance with Libya. And so they claim a swath of the Mediterranean Sea that goes all the way across and it cuts off that area. So the pipeline would have to ostensibly go through Turkish waters. That's why Turkey has made this alliance with Libya is so they can cut off what's going on. Because as we saw last week, Russia is making a pipeline that goes all the way through the Black Sea and then down to Turkey. They are trying to corner the European market 100%. And they're trying to cut Israel off. So this is going to be a giant problem. It's coming soon to a giant problem near you. And it's something that we all need to keep our eye on because Russia wants to control that European supply. We're going to see where it goes, but it is it is really volatile and it's only going to get more so in the days ahead. Okay, from Christian News. Um, A lot of you out there and a lot of people in the church here take care of Isaac Nemugera in Uganda, okay? He has submitted, last year's uh, 2018 report was very late because of, you know, secretary needs and stuff like that, but this year he has his 2019 report already done. It's over 80 pages long. He's got diagrams, he's got graph charts, he's got receipts, he's got pictures, he's got Tons of stuff. If anybody wants that because you have donated to him and you want to see where your money was spent, he has sent it to me and I will send it on to you. The guy does a marvelous amount of work for the people in his community. And uh, we have somebody that just recently gave a very large donation to completely uh, finish the school that started years ago. We've been helping along with that over the years, making petitions. He got the walls up. He got this done. He got that done. Somebody's made a Wonderful contribution to Isaac, and the school is going to be completely done this uh, in just a few months probably, and uh, we may have pictures of that coming to you just so you can see where your gifts in the past have gone, but if you want something from Isaac as far as the information of what he has spent that money on, let me know. I'll send it to you. You will be pleased with it. He's a meticulous gentleman. He's a wonderful servant of the Lord, and he does a lot for people, so there you go with that. From the uh, Christian Times... Sex is for male-female marriage only. Who said that? Anybody know the article? It's from the Church of England, believe it or not. Talking about all the crazy things they've been putting out over the past few years, they actually came out with a stand that sex is for male-female marriage only. Church of England confirms in a document responding to the introduction of mixed-sex civil partnerships. The bishops say for Christians, marriage... That is the lifelong union between a man and a woman contracted with the making of vows remains the proper context for sexual activity. I, can't, I couldn't believe this when I was reading it because of all of the things that they have endorsed over the past couple of years, you know, baptizing uh, trans people and rebaptizing people and all that kind of crazy stuff. But this is what these bishops have come out and said. But they also added in its approach to civil partnerships, the church seeks to uphold that standard to affirm the value of committed sexually abstinent friendships and to minister sensitively and pastorally to those Christians who conscientiously decide to order their lives differently. The statement affirms sexual relationships outside heterosexual marriage are regarded as falling short of God's purposes for human beings. The introduction of same-sex marriage has not changed the church's teaching on marriage or same-sex relationships. Once again, I'm thoroughly surprised at reading this article about a week and a half ago. The new declaration acknowledges that a working group called Living in Love and Faith is looking at contemporary issues of sex and morality with a view to informing the church's discussions but reiterates, in the context of the introduction of opposite sex as well as same-sex civil partnerships, the teaching of the church on marriage remains unchanged. Because of the ambiguity about the place of sexual activity within civil partnerships of both sorts, And the Church's teaching that marriage between a man and a woman is the proper context for sexual intercourse, we do not believe that it is possible for the Church unconditionally to accept civil partnerships as unequivocally reflecting the teaching of the Church. And they add, It would not be right to produce an authorized public liturgy in connection with the registering of civil partnerships. This is because England has come out with civil partnerships as being a valid thing clergy of the Church of England should not provide services of blessing for those who register a civil partnership. That's a good stand. Where clergy are approached by asking people for prayer in relation to entering into a civil partnership, they should respond pastorally and sensitively in the light of the circumstances of each case. Okay, we got that. And I was very happy about reading that, and I'm glad that the events of the week came about, and that was put back a little bit because next article, Christian Times, archbishops, the big powwow or woohoos or whatever at the uh, Church of England, archbishops apologize for hurt caused by sex and marriage statement. The Church of England's two most senior archbishops have issued an apology for the hurt and division caused by a statement maintaining a traditional position on sex and marriage. After a meeting of the church's college of bishops, Archbishops Justin Welby and John Sentamu said they acknowledged it had jeopardized trust. However, the statement itself has not been withdrawn or retracted. What does that mean? They are apologizing for the word of God. That's what they're doing. Those two men are standing up there and apologizing for the word of God. These bishops came together. They said, We've had enough of this nonsense, apparently. They must be tired of these archbishops telling them what is and isn't acceptable outside of the word of God. And these two archbishops have now apologized for the word of God. I would not, and I tell you this frankly, I would not want to be in their shoes when they stand before the Lord. If they're saved, they will have a great deal of loss of rewards at the Bema Seat of Christ. And if they're not saved, they're going to get chucked into a special place of hell. That's all I can say. So you need to... uh, uh, understand that those people should not be in charge of anything. They shouldn't be in charge of a uh, dog kennel, much less an entire denomination of people when they apologize for the word of God. Uh, there you go. That's my thoughts on that from Sight. In the U.S., Liberty University's Falwell throws support behind the Vexit. I don't know if you've heard of the Vexit, but Jerry Falwell, Jr., president of Liberty University, has voiced his support for efforts to allow counties in Virginia Unhappy with the state's Democratic-controlled legislature to join West Virginia, standing alongside West Virginia's Governor Jim Justice in a room full of whirring robotic factory machinery at Blue Ridge Community and Technical College in Martinsburg, Falwell told reporters that he backs so-called vexit efforts. So we will talk about that more a little bit later, but just so you know, Jerry Falwell is on board with it from Islam Today, Zero Hedge. Turkey deploys warships, air defenses, and heavy armor to Libya. This is going right along with what we were talking about a minute ago. They've made this alliance with Libya. They say we own all of the Mediterranean across here. I wouldn't be surprised if they put up a a toll stand for boats that go through the Mediterranean where they have to put in their 10 cents or get fined or something. But uh, here we go. The Libyan National Army announced that Turkey has deployed two Turkish warships, anti-aircraft missiles and air defense systems to the capital city of Tripoli. In addition to this accusation, the LNA said the Turkish military sent at least 3,000 Syrian militants to Libya since late December. Widely circulated photos which appeared online this past week amid charges by Macron that Turkey has violated the Berlin Agreement. The number of Syrian mercenaries transported by Turkey to Libya exceeded 3,000, the Libyan National Army Spokesman Major General Ahmed al-Mismari said at a press conference yesterday evening, noting that Ankara transported dangerous terrorists from Syria to Libya through the Misrata and Mitiga airports and port of Tripoli. Weeks after the Turkish government announced plans to send various forces to Libya to support that country's internationally recognized government, There are now indications that those deployments are well underway. Two Turkish Navy Gabya-class frigates have appeared off of the coast of Tripoli, the official Libyan capital, and there are reports emerging now that Turkish troops and heavy armor are arriving in that city too. These developments point to a major escalation in Turkey's involvement in the conflict following abortive attempts to broker a ceasefire. Now that's serious stuff because we know, the Bible has said it, how many, 2,700 years ago that Libya would be one of these nations coming against Israel. We have Turkey and Libya now hip deep in this together. Okay, we've got Russia, which is building that pipeline down to Turkey. We've got Turkey, which is trying to cut off gas that is going through from the Leviathan to Europe. You can see how things are exactly in place where they need to be for some match to be lit and all of a sudden, things just start blowing up over in that area. I don't know what's going to be the uh, final uh, thing that pushes them. Yeah, the tripwire, but we are facing it. And I can't believe that it's not coming soon. All right, I just can't. Now, that doesn't mean the rapture. I'm not speaking about that in any way, shape, or form. It looks like, however, that uh, uh, this deal with Gog Magog will not be far off. There will be a battle which is coming. And I, when I say not far off, I mean it could be five or ten years you know, because they have to get these things into place. But it could also be one year away. It could be four months away. We just don't know. But it is not that far off in the scheme of things. Then if you look at the uh, Afghan war, I mean, how long have we been there? 12, 14 years or something? 20 20 years. And it seems like it just started yesterday. So when I say 10 years, it's really not that far off. But I think it would be much less than that. But I'm not making a prediction there. Um, From The Guardian. Here we go. France to send warships to support Greece in Turkish standoff. Greece's Prime Minister Mitsotakis has welcomed a decision by France to dispatch war frigates to the eastern Mediterranean as a standoff with Turkey over regional energy reserves intensifies. You could see, somebody could just bump into somebody else and it could start a war at this point. With tensions between Athens and Ankara causing growing international alarm, Mitsotakis described the vessels as guarantors of peace. I don't know if it's guarantors of peace or guarantors of maybe an accident coming about, but the only way to end differences in the Eastern Med is through international justice, he told reporters after holding talks in Paris with the French President Macron. Greece and France are pursuing a new framework of strategic defense. Macron pledged France would step up its strategic bond with Greece, accusing Turkey of not only exacerbating regional tensions, but failing to stick to its promised course of action in war-torn Libya. I want to express my concerns with regard to the behavior of Turkey at the moment. We have seen during these last days, Turkish warships accompanied by Syrian mercenaries arrive on Libyan soil. This is an explicit and serious infringement of what was agreed at last week's peace conference in Berlin. It's a broken promise. The Gallic-Greek alliance cements what officials in Athens are calling a renewed diplomatic push to counter Turkish belligerence in the Mediterranean. Greek's defense minister, with a name that long I'm not going to try to pronounce, recently went as far as to warn that armed forces were examining all scenarios, even that of, here it is, military engagement in the face of heightened aggression from Ankara. Rejecting Turkish demands that Greece demilitarize 16 Aegean islands, he accused Turkey of displaying unusually provocative behavior. The demand made by his Turkish counterpart, Hulusi Akar, follows a dramatic surge in recent months in the number of violations of Greek airspace by Turkish fighter jets, which are very fast fighter jets, and if my mother had one, she could be at church. On time. But here she is a little bit late again. I'm going to buy you a Turkish fighter jet. I love my mom. Okay, so uh, let's see here. Um, Greece does not provoke, does not violate the sovereign rights of others, but it doesn't like to see its own rights violated, said this guy with the big long name. Tensions between the NATO allies prompted Donald Trump to take the unprecedented step of voicing concerns over the situation in a telephone call with Turkish President Erdogan on Monday. Regional tensions have escalated as Turkish anger has risen over conflicting claims to potentially massive energy reserves in the Eastern Med. Once again, energy reserves, energy reserves. It's all coming down to who is going to control Europe. That's right. Who is there's a lot of money to be made in this. There's a lot of uh, speculation as to who is going to be on top and they're moving their chess pieces right now to see who's going to take over. Well, we know what's coming. We know because the Bible tells us how it's going to come about. We're just seeing it come unfold a little bit step by step each week from Ynet Palestinian Authority Abbas to present alternative Mideast peace plan at the UN Security Council. He did not like, they had already condemned it before it came out, but they didn't like what came out. They're not happy. He was seen there sitting, reading a uh, map, and all it is is green. No Israel at all. That's what they want. They want no Israel at all, and all they want is the land themselves. And he purposely had that photo taken as soon as the peace plan was released. From, uh, let's see here, the Foreign Minister Riyadh al-Maliki said that President Abbas will present an alternative Middle East peace plan after U.S. President Donald Trump unveiled his proposal, criticized heavily by the Palestinians. And from the Aljamainer, defying U.S. and Israel, Palestinian Authority pays out $150 million in terrorist salaries in 2019. So this is where their money continues to go. And this is why we do not give them a nickel from the United States of America anymore. If we had our previous president in there, he would give them more money to pay more terrorist salaries. But thank goodness we don't have that. From the Epoch Times, White House curbs immigration for six new countries, including Nigeria. President Trump's admin announced the expansion of travel restrictions, one of his signature policies to include six new countries, Nigeria, Burma, Sudan, Tanzania, Eritrea, and Kyrgyzstan, however you pronounce that one right there. Anyway, um, uh, of course, immediately he was accused of being anti-Islamic when not all of those are Muslim nations, but most of them are. Anyway, from Mongolia today, Foreign Policy asks this question, why does China have 1.4 billion people and no good bands? Talking about rock bands. It's because Mongolia has got the corner on the market. Here's what they say. The most successful Mongolian conquerors since Genghis Khan aren't on horseback but on the drums. They're called the Hu. I've talked about them last year. Not the Hu, W-H-O, but the H-U, the Hu. And over the past year, their bone vibrating hard rock, which combines traditional Mongolian instruments, and throat singing with Western rock and metal has become a breakout hit with fans around the world. It's pretty cool sounding if you like hard music and made them official cultural ambassadors for the country. The Who first started gaining attention more than a year ago with the music videos for two songs which blew up on YouTube thanks to their fist-pumping instrumentals and stunning step visuals. That's when I reported on them right at the beginning of their rise to fame. At a recent count, I think it's probably because of the Superior Word Prophecy Update Mongolia section that they rose to fame, but... I don't want to say that dogmatically. Anyway, um, at a recent count, the two videos had a combined view of 61 million views, 20 times the number of people in Mongolia. Fans attribute the success of The Who to the group's blending of Western metal with local styles. But it's only the most well-packaged instance of an ongoing phenomenon. Mongolia has a strong tradition of rock groups working to modernize traditional sounds. So there you go with that. If you want to listen to The Who, you don't have to listen to English rock anymore. You can go down to Mongolia. From uh, Daniel 12 Technology, from Disclose TV. The end of smartphones... Everybody here got a smartphone? Anybody? I'll put my hand down. Anybody else got a smartphone? Okay, well, they're going to end soon. Here's why. Working prototype of smart contact lens is unveiled. Mojo Vision, a tech startup firm, has unveiled a working prototype of what it claims to be the world's first true smart contact lens. This smart lens is essentially a miniaturized display that can be worn in the eye. The company says it could provide directions, sports scores, or even let them see in the dark. Essentially, it's a mini computer. The best part about it, no one will ever know it's there. It's been designed so people can't see it. And according to Senior Vice President of Product and Marketing, Steve Sinclair, the company has made it so that the interactions are also extremely subtle, done only with eye movements, ensuring that no one is aware of its present. So there's no longer any need to send your kids to school because if they have one, they're just going to cheat their way through it. So there you go with that. But it's kind of interesting. Uh, Eye movements are what make this thing work. It's needless to say that this kind of technology has a lot of uses and the possibilities are endless. There's still a lot of work that needs to be done before it can get released, though, including the full FDA approval that adheres to regulations and standards, something which the company is currently working on along with being invisible, the contact lens will also be unobtrusive. It's possible that a screen right in front of the eye would be constantly feeding information, which isn't what the company wants. So it will only give the wearer the data they need and when they need it, rather than bombarding them with it when they don't. In other words, you know, you have your thing that's always going and you're getting information all day long. Well, you can have it just You know, hey, Charlie, give me the information for, and then it'll come into your eyeball, okay? But you can see that eventually they will have a constant stream. This is just the first thing there. But uh, this is especially important as the screen will still be visible when the eyes are closed on account of it being a contact lens. So in other words, if you're sleeping, you may have information pouring into your head, Okay, so that's kind of crazy. Anyway, um, right at the center of the smart lens is a miniature micro LED display, which features a pixel density of, get this, 14,000 pixels per square inch, which is actually a world record according to the company. For a quick comparison, the brand new iPhone 11's crystal clear retina display has a pixel density of just 323. So you're talking 14,000 as opposed to 323, which is minuscule against the lens. While it may seem like something pulled straight out of a James Bond film, this contact lens is actually on its way to becoming a reality and might not be far off as many people think. While it's still in its prototype stage, it is fully functional. Aside from FDA approval and ironing out a few kinks, it's almost ready to go. Something that Charlie Garrett will never have. I'm not going to have a smartphone or a cell phone, so I'm certainly not going to have one of those in my head. How do you charge it? it? Yeah, how do you charge it? I guess you put your head in the wall socket or something. I don't know. Extended wear? Yeah, extended wear. Who knows? All right, right, let's see here. Revelation plagues today. From Zero Hedge, the bird flu is back. China faces yet another viral plague. First, they faced food shortages and soaring food costs as African swine fever swept across the nation, cutting China's pork production in half and slaughtering hundreds of millions of their pork pals. Then they faced the total economic shutdown and social lockdown as the deadly Wuhan coronavirus spread across the nation, killing hundreds and leaving tens of thousands sick. And now, as if things weren't bad enough, according to the website of the Ministry of Agriculture and Rural Affairs, bird flu is back. As Reuters reports, the highly pathogenic avian influenza outbreak of H5N1 subtype of poultry occurred in, I can't pronounce it, some districts, it looks like Shuangqing King or something, in Xiaoyang City, Hunan Province. The case reportedly occurred on a farm with 7,850 chickens, 4,500 of which have died of the bird flu. Authorities have called 17,828 poultry following the outbreak. As a reminder, avian influenza is deadly to most birds and it's deadly to humans and other mammals that can catch the virus from birds. Since the first human case in 1997, H5N1 has killed nearly 60% of the people who have been infected. But unlike human flu bugs, H5N1 bird flu does not spread easily from person to person. That's good news at least. The very few cases of human to human transmission have been among people with exceptionally close contact, such as a mother who caught the virus while caring for her sick infant. So there you go with that. Now, everybody's heard enough about the coronavirus. That's all we hear about on the news. That's all I see all day long, especially if you go to Zero Hedge. They just beat it in your head all day long. But I'm going to give you the current statistics as of yesterday morning. Yesterday morning. Okay, keep things in perspective. Coronavirus. 34,956 cases, that's confirmed. Anything that you've seen other than that, I don't care if it's it's a conspiracy, I don't care if it's, uh, you know, it's a, a war weaponized thing, I don't care what it says, I'm not going to report on that because there is no confirmation of it. All we have actually confirmed is 34,956. Yes, a board flashed, you know, 180,000 or something one time in China, but I would even question that. Okay, 724 confirmed dead, that is it. OK, two thousand three hundred and fifty five have recovered. So it's good recovery rate so far. The rest of the world that has died until the rest of the world starts to show what people claim is happening in China. I am buying it. OK, the rest of the world. Two, two, two dead. OK, and in the US, 12 have been sick, zero died. OK, that's it. That's the rest of the world. Two people have died. So anything you're hearing about what's coming out of China, it ain't true. And if it is, that's their own problem, and they're dealing with it, okay? I'm not trying to dismiss it. All I'm saying is that there is no confirmation. And when you send a video or you see a video on YouTube that says there's hundreds of millions of people dying, and they've got bodies that are being burned everywhere, anybody can say anything. You know, you can say that the Nephilim were angels and humans that were a hybrid. I don't care. All that matters is what the Word of God says, and all that matters is what the actual statistics say. So here is a comparison. Flu. We just went through 34,000 sick with 724 dead, which went over 800 this morning. I'll admit that. But um, flu, 19 million, okay, to 26 million, somewhere in there. That's a big difference, okay? 180,000 currently hospitalized, over 10,000 dead, okay? That's only in the United States. That's not the whole world. That's only in the United States. So that's a big number. That's a real serious threat there. And then we have the SARS virus which was really bad before. Everybody remember that? The number of total infected is much lower, 8,096, but the number of total dead at the time was 774. So the rate of SARS deaths is far higher than of this new coronavirus. So keep things in perspective. I'm not trying to diminish anything with this. I'm just trying to give you actual results so you don't pull on your face and worry that the world is coming to an end. It ain't, okay? It will be, You know, when the tribulation starts, this world is going to go just like this, and it's going to go really quickly. Right now, that's not happening. For morality, Christian News, appeals court rules birth certificates may include lesbian spouse of women. The Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals has upheld a lower court injunction in favor of two lesbian women who sued, as one of them was prohibited by the state of Indiana from being listed on the birth certificate as mother number two. Yeah, of a child conceived via a sperm donor. The district's court's order requiring Indiana to recognize the children of these plaintiffs as legitimate children born in wedlock and to identify both wives in each union as parent is affirmed. Now, how you can do that when it's not actually a parent, I don't know, but that's what they are doing. And think about it when these people get mad at each other and they want to have a divorce and the real mom wants to have the child, but maybe she didn't pay a, a... bill on time. And so they say, you can't have your own child. This lady that has nothing to do with that child gets control of it. This is really insane stuff here, but we'll go on. LifeSite News. California says more babies must be killed and abortions because giving birth costs too much. Yes, Mm -hmm. California judge issued an order blocking President Trump's new rules protecting Americans from having to pay for drugs and devices that may cause abortions. We saw that last week. California Attorney General Xavier Becerra argued that a regulation issued by the UHDHHS would prevent an insufficient number of California women from conceiving and giving birth to children. In California's view, he argued, The problem is not that the federal government, under Obama's regulation, was forcing Christians to act against their faith, so that doesn't matter, in actions that resulted in the destruction of human life. The problem is that under President Trump's regulation, more babies might be conceived and born in California and the state would be forced to pay for them. In Bakar's view, babies that are not born are economically better than babies that are. Quote, contraceptives are among the most widely used medical services in the United States and are much less costly than maternal deliveries for women, insurers. Contraceptives is only one part of the program, though. They don't mention, but abortions are included in this, okay? Uh, costly than maternal deliveries for women, insurers, employers, and states. Consequently, the use of contraceptives and abortion, which they're not arguing, but which is under the same law, has been shown to result in net savings to women and to states. In California, 48% of all pregnancies were unintended in 2010, as if that makes any difference at all in the overall scheme of things. You're the one that did what you did, and you're the one that got what resulted from that union. Of those unplanned pregnancies that results in births, 64.3% were publicly funded. That is a liberal problem for allowing this in the first place costing California $689.3 million on unintended pregnancies. So what they're arguing, one, is that babies should be killed instead of keeping them alive. Two, all people have to pay for it, even though it's somebody's personal choice to get into the situation in the first place. And you have to consider this, is that they will fund any illegal that comes into their state. They get all benefits the moment that they come into the state and they are entitled to all medical that anybody is allowed as soon as they come in and they have sanctuary cities for even illegal immigrants that have committed crimes. They get all of these benefits and they pay a lot more than that for these supposedly unintended babies. So this is a real, real problem with California. This is the liberal mindset and it is getting worse. Yeah. Anyway, life news. Kansas Senate, good job, passes constitutional amendment confirming there is no right to abortion. I'm sure this is going to be challenged, but I'm very happy about that. From Zero Hedge, police called to school after six-year-old girl with Down syndrome made a gun with her finger. They called the police over a six-year-old girl that made a gun with her finger, okay? We have kids that bring a gun to school, and they're not given a suspension, but you get a six-year-old, they call the police on her because she does this. There you go. Okay, our other category, Trump appreciation. It's time to appreciate our president in a unique way. Remember when we started uh, uh, a couple weeks ago, The other section, we stopped and we prayed for President Trump, okay? Well, we need to pray to thank the Lord for hearing our prayer. So let's do that. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for being in a land where we have at least a little bit of sense left in this world and that you have guided us and you have protected the president through this process and he has been vindicated and he has been acquitted of all charges. And we asked you for that, we prayed for it, and now that it's happened, we would be negligent in our duties to not stop and just give you thanks for it. So we do, Lord. We thank you for what you've done. We ask that you continue to protect and support the president in whatever way is needed to keep this big ship called the United States of America floating in fair seas. And we would pray this, that you would be glorified, that we would be built up as a nation, and that we would be on a sound path as we head into the end times. And we pray this in Jesus' beautiful name. Amen. Amen. All right. So thank you, Lord, for that. You know, if it, the one thing that is always lacking in all of us is thanks. And we need to remember always to give thanks. Whatever it is that you ask for and it comes about, just stop and remember to thank the Lord. Okay, from the Washington Post, I told you we'd talk about this more later. Here it is. West Virginia's governor to Virginia counties, leave your blue state and join West Virginia. Yes. And does anybody know when West Virginia became a state? During the Civil War. The Civil War. Yeah. Because of exactly what he's doing right now. It broke off from the state of Virginia. Very good. We've got a scholar here. He's always scholarly. Okay. As Virginia's new Democratic majority ushers through a raft of liberal proposals on issues including gun control and abortion, West Virginia's governor is making an unusual proposal to disgruntled Virginians. Breakaway. Governor Jim Justice endorsed a plan for conservatives unhappy with the new direction of their state legislature to demand ballot referendums in their cities and counties this November through which they could express their desire for their county to leave Virginia and join West Virginia instead. West Virginia was formed when a set of counties did just that during the Civil War, leaving Virginia after it left the Union. Those counties seceded from the secessionist state, forming the new state of West Virginia. The University of Virginia constitutional law professor Richard C. Schrager said, and here's kind of a downside to it, a county may leave one state and join another with the majority vote of both states' legislatures and the U.S. Congress, which is probably not going to happen, according to the U.S. Constitution. Schrager predicted that while West Virginia's legislature might welcome justice's proposal, Virginia's remaining Republican lawmakers would be loath to let conservative counties break away. Virginia's Democrats would probably oppose the secession also as a matter of pride and a sense of historic integrity of the state. So there you go with that. From Zero Hedge, Virginia Congress continues gun control frenzy with nine more bills ignores massive protests. So these people want to break away. There's a perfect reason why they want to do it. They keep putting forth more and more crazy laws because they have control right now and they want to do exactly what Obama did before. Get as much crazy in as possible before the uh, winds change and it goes back to a, you know, a Republican-led Senate or Congress or governorship or all three or any combination of. So there you go. Defense news. Poland. Good job, Poland. They ink a $4.6 billion contract for F-35 fighter jets. Yes. Polish Defense Minister Blazchuk has signed a contract worth $4.6 billion, under which the country will acquire 32 F-35A Lightning II fighter jets from the U.S. Speaking at the official signing ceremony on January 31st in Dublin, where the Polish Air Force operates its 41st training aviation base, Blazczyk said that the acquisition will enable the Polish military to make a technological leap. Today, through the signing of the F-35 deal, the Air Force is entering a new phase of its development, the minister said. Warsaw plans to replace the Air Force's outdated Soviet-designed Sukhoi Su-22 and Mikoyan mig 29 jets with its new fifth-generation jets. So Russia is being pushed out of Poland, and that means they're not—you don't just sell a plane and make a lot of money. You also have a lot of supply over the years that comes, and so they're going to lose that, and the United States will be gaining on that. But there's some bad news for Poland as well. Next article. Bloomberg. F-35's gun that can't shoot straight adds to its roster of flaws. So we're selling a plane that can't shoot straight. Add a gun that can't shoot straight to the problems that dog Lockheed Martin's corpse $428 billion F-35 program, including more than 800 software flaws. The 25-millimeter gun on the Air Force's models of the Joint Strike Fighter has unacceptable accuracy in hitting ground targets and is mounted in housing that's cracking, the Pentagon's test office said in its latest assessment of the costliest U.S. weapon system. So there you go. We've got, we're selling them, but they don't shoot very straight, so. Good job. All right, uh, Zero Hedge. Negative rates are forcing German banks... ...to hoard so much cash that they're running out of space. This is the problem with this type of thinking over there. Okay, yeah. When banks are charging wealthy customers additional fees for storing their cash on deposit... ...the option to transition a chunk of one's fortune to cash suddenly makes a lot of sense. And this phenomenon hasn't been lost on German banks... To help them keep as little money in reserve accounts as possible, banks in Germany are reportedly stuffing vaults with euro banknotes to keep them handy for customers and avoid the additional NIRP tax on deposits. Some banks have hoarded so much cash that they're running out of room and are searching for more storage. This behavior has been going on for years, practically since Draghi introduced negative rates almost six years ago. But the trend has gotten so out of hand German banks are running out of space to stash the notes. In theory, negative interest rates are supposed to spur inflation and economy growth by encouraging businesses to borrow. However, the policy has arguably failed in Europe as growth has remained sluggish over the last five years, while the eurozone's savers and bankers have suffered. These days it's better to keep funds in cash rather than park them at the ECB. That's despite the risk, insurance costs, and logistical hassle that's involved. It's a ludicrous demonstration of the consequences of the ECB's interest rate policy. So there you go. One more one more screw in the screwed up EU. Okay. Boy, did the Brits do the right thing in the Brexit. Man. All right, from the Washington Examiner, Gallup poll. I can't believe it. this can't be true. Gallup poll, race relations better under Trump than Obama. Oh, new details from a Gallup survey on satisfaction said race relations under the position of minorities under Trump are far higher than they were under Obama, the nation's first black president. Well, I would question that because his mother was white and you generally go by the mother unless you're a liberal, then it doesn't matter. But race relations scored the highest satisfaction advance, 14 points from 22% at the end of the Obama administration to 36% this month, said Gallup. And the position of blacks and other racial minorities in the nation jumped nine points from 37% in January 2017 to 46%. Now, thank you, Lord, for President Trump and all he does for this nation. From the epic Times, Americans are more sat—this can't be right, too. we got another one that's wrong. Americans are more satisfied in their economy, national security, after three years of Trump, says the Gallup poll. Wow. Ah, Gallup must be taking the wrong stuff or something. We can't believe this. Ah, So happy to see that. What a good president we have. And he's just gotten the rawest deal of any person I've ever seen. Thank you, Lord, for President Trump. Okay, we got a letter here. Let's see if you can figure out what he is writing about this week. From the grave, we can hear Ian sigh that the newest invention is nigh. Not a Martin or a Benz, but a cool contact lens that is not in the desktop, but I. There you go. Good job. All right, we got a couple ironies here for you. I entitle this It's Super. Okay, the first one's sad. I understand death is sad, but it's still super. And the reason why is because last week was the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Okay, we got two of Mail online. Gang member 34. Be careful what team you support is the lesson here, okay? Gang member 34 shoots dead a man at a Super Bowl party after mistaking a 49ers flag for the colors of a rival group. Yeah, that's ironic. It's sad, but it's ironic. Okay, market watch. Oops. Does anybody know where the Kansas City Chiefs, what state they are in? Missouri. Missouri. Okay. Oops. Trump congratulates the great state of Kansas after Chiefs Super Bowl wins. So there you go. A little ironic. Had to pick on Trump because we've been supporting him so much. Yes, there are. There's two Kansas cities and he got the wrong one. And boy, did he get barbecued over that. But it is ironic. So there you go. Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.